Hi. Hey, how's it going, JT? I'm good, man. Just, uh, you know, uh, waiting to go out here. I'm, I'm, I'm home right now. We leave for the road on uh, Thursday. Beautiful, man. Well, wanted to get into the new album. Won't keep it for too long, but uh, dude, let's dig into it. Volume 10, which must feel like a lot to say to you, but kind of curious. Take me back to when you started working on this one. Was there any leftover from Hellbound or was this a whole new writing session? And with as much as you guys tour, when did you start working on this one? Yeah, there was some spillover from Hellbound, but um, we didn't look back on that. You know, we just started writing from, you know, uh, nothing like we do with every record. We just try to, like, clean the slate and start anew. And we're new people and we've grown since the last record and all that stuff. But anyways, we started kind of accumulating songs, Stevie and I, throughout little pockets of time on the second half of the Hellbound tour. Okay. And just kind of putting them away and then... And then we did the same thing that we did with Hellbound. We went to Nashville um, after the Hellbound tour and did a songwriting session with uh, Marty for nine days. And uh, we're very efficient with our time. We wrote a lot of songs. Uh, Marty Fredrickson, the guy who produced it and has co-written songs with us uh, all the way back to uh, uh, the 15 record, you know. So, um, yeah, we wrote about eight songs in, in nine days. And uh, it was wow. pretty incredible. All those songs made the record. And then we went back and revisited a couple of songs from the spillover of Hellbound, uh, this or that, and a song called Turn It On, and kind of revamped those and made them better, and uh, voila, Volume 10 was born. <laughs> yeah, if it's not, if it's don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, you were working with Marty on the last record as well. Same lineup for the record, too, and kind of curious. I've gotten to hang out with the guys lately, uh, Billy and, and Francis. Did they contributing more second time around? Uh, not on the songwriting, but yeah, they're always there in the mix. Um, great guys, you know, uh, Francis has been in the band a long time now and Billy is like the newest guy, but he's already almost three years deep. And, um, yeah, you know, Stevie and I and Marty went in and did all the stuff we could do. And, and then, um, you know, we always get the band, the songs, and then they, they hash them out and put their, uh, their flavor on everything with their parts. And then they come in and we all, uh, finalize it in nashville love it man i mean tons of bangers good time shine your light and i'm kind of curious man you've always had this uh other mode where it was for the movies or i'm sorry there's kind of i don't know if power ballads the right word for it but like feel feels like yeah. love there's another kind of gear that you do that i love too and and there's always Thank one you. or two of those on each album how do you how do you define those or how do you when you're writing with stevie like hey we need one of those mid-tempo how do you classify those kind of tunes i mean it goes all the way back into you know when my mother would put song uh, records on and clean the house you know i mean she listened you know there, there'd be rod stewart records and <laughs> the eagles and you know the eagles i mean every great rock record back then had uh mid-tempo songs and ballads and rockers and that was like a a well-rounded rock record you know so yeah. uh, that was the school that i came from and um so there's always going to be those songs. And I, I love that, you know, because it gives the record dynamics and, you know, feels like love, like you mentioned, is a really great song and modeled uh, Jeff Leppard's Hysteria after that one. And, okay. um, you know, I just took it to Marty and Stevie. I said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm obsessed with Hysteria. Uh, I think it's such a great song. I want a song just like that. Same tempo, same kind of pulsating beat, you know, and and vibe and they were like cool and i left and then uh like a few hours later i get the i get the music to that song and i'm like this is amazing you know and i spent the whole night writing lyrics to it and and 
it, it was it's a great song great moment in the set too I love it, man. I love that you gave Def Leppard Hysteria the love because off of that album, which is chock full of hits, Hysteria yeah. is my favorite. It just puts me in like a right mood or there's yeah. something like, it's, it's like melting butter or something. It just relaxes. You know, me. that that tempo is like, it's not quite a ballad and it's yeah. not like a mid-tempo song. It's like right in the middle and it's a great driving song, uh, Hysteria, you know, and I've caught myself just reminiscing about all kinds of things in my past when I'm listening to that song, driving and blasting it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those songs and they really hit on something there. And, uh, we want to do the same. Love it, man. And I was glad to see no, no covers on Hellbound, but you always do rad covers, whether you're doing a nine inch nails cover or Sammy <laughs> Hagar or Aerosmith. And then this time around, Brian Adams in summer of 69 and kind of curious who, uh, tossed out that idea. And, I'm glad that you're giving some love to this guy who sadly kind of fell into that power ballad. Speaking of power ballads, he kind of fell into that soundtrack power ballad guy at the end of his career and was known for all those rather than being the rocker that he was at the beginning of his career. Yeah, I don't think he cares. He's still playing, you know, <laughs> still cashing big checks. ass, big, big ass venues all over the world. And he's tremendous talent. And, you know, the summer of 69, just one of those songs that I wish I would have written, you know, I mean, I think every music musician has one of those songs. And, uh, you know, it was really Larry Mazer, our manager, huh? that kind of got that over the finish line because we would pull that song out occasionally live and he caught it one time live. And he's like, oh, my God, you guys got to record this song, you know, and and we were like, OK, we didn't really think much of it, you know, and not not that we didn't like the song or anything. And but we said, OK, we'll record it sometime. And that was it. You know, <laughs> and then we have all this work to do. We've written all these songs. And then at the end, he's like, did you guys finish summer of 69? And we're like, no. <laughs> and so it was, it was, uh, the last song that we recorded and oh wow, we sped, we sped it up just a little bit and put our little flavor on it. And it, it sounds like a Buck Sherry song now, you know, it's pretty cool. I love it, man. And a great way to end the album as well. Like on a high note. And like I said, another one of those yeah. covers from you. I love it. Dude, and, and moving forward, talking uh, about the tour, we don't have you for quite a while, but definitely looking forward to the Skid Row co-headline tour. Really cool yeah. that it's 80s and 90s getting together where it feels like the world wants to separate those genres. Like 80s bands, you go over here, and 90s bands, you over here. I love that you're bringing it together, two bands that make sense together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it all translates, you know, good songs are good songs. And, you know, uh, they're, they're great band live. And I got that great new singer, Eric, he's really yeah. nice guy and a, and a real talent, you know, and, uh, and they also dropped a, a record not too long ago, you know, so it all works out. We, we sold out a lot of shows together. So we did a second and a third leg, you know, so, uh, we, we hit this, the road on Thursday to go back to that. Yeah, I'm bummed that we have to wait all the way until December till you get back to Southern California House of Blues. Yeah, that's true. That's in true. December. <laughs> but uh, curious too, man, digging into your your '80s fandom. You mentioned Def Leppard, obviously a Skid Row fan. If you had to choose between album one from Skid Row, the self titled, versus Slave to the Grind, the second album, which one's your favorite? Which one do you lean towards more as a Skid Row fan? Uh, you know, I like I, like, I just. I like songs, you know, and there's songs on both those records I really like, but I'd have to say the first one, that was the first time I had, you know, I was, I was a young, young guy in Orange County, California, and I hadn't heard too many mainstream rock bands right when they kind of were coming out. That was the first time I started really going to kind of like big rock concerts. I'd always gone to like little 
punk rock clubs, like in Fender's ballroom and long beach and stuff like that, you know? So there was a, there was a outdoor uh, venue called uh, Irvine Meadows. Yeah. You know, when I was, a, when I was a kid. Yep. And so you could rush the fence and <laughs> climb over the fence and get in. And sometimes you get thrown out. Sometimes they catch you, but we used to do that all the time. Uh, and I think one of the first shows was I saw Iron Maiden there and that was, that blew my mind. And then another show came in and it was white snake and skid row opening up. And I saw that show and nice. I was like, I was pretty blown away by, uh, you know, by Sebastian. Honestly, I was like, wow, man, this guy has got pipes, you know, this is amazing. <laughs> and, um, the songs were really well written and, um, yeah, so that's when I got into them then. Love it. Yeah, that's my favorite of the two, that debut album, just hearing Youth Gone Wild and all that for yeah, the yeah. first time. And and then to even yeah. have a heavy song like that and then to take it into the ballad and do I'll Remember You and 18 in Line. Amazing song. Yeah, Amazing the, whole, song. the whole gamut, man. Love that, dude. And JT, I got one last thing. I got to hit you. One more this or that. We're an old school radio station. We do mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m. You're going to be a part of that. Cool. I got a little debate going on right now with my buddy uh, Brad, who sings in the band Against the Sun. We're debating metallic. Metallica albums, picking our favorites, and it, his is Ride the Lightning, and mine is Master of Puppets. Kind of curious if you had to pick one of those two where you would come down on. I mean, I'd pick Kill 'em All, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think Master of Puppets. Yeah. 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 It just felt like a more realized, finished product, and you had everything from Orion, this cool, really cool instrumental tune to master of puppets and damage ink and all these heavy tunes i thought it was the whole gamut yeah. kind of yeah it was a good moment for them for sure beautiful man now i can brag that hey even jt agrees with me <laughs> that master of puppets is the better album there you go beautiful man thank you so much for the time best of luck with the album and we'll see you in december out there at the house of blues all right, all right buddy thank you so much thanks bye-bye take care Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.